NBA veteran, angel investor, philanthropist, entrepreneur, author. Uh, but CJ, let's skip the small talk because you've also been a voiceover actor. Uh, I got to ask you, man, like, what is the key to being a good voiceover actor? Uh, I think just having a good voice, number one, uh, being able to practice and be able to be able to change your voice. Uh, I think um, I, I really didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I just went to a lot of movies with my daughter and uh, saw these people, you know, behind the scenes, you know, doing these voiceovers and being th being these characters. I saw, hey, why can I do that one day? So I tried it and I kind of wouldn't say been super successful, but I got my first job, but I haven't went back and, uh, you know, continued. So I got to get back on that. <laughs> and what was the movie or, or show that you were doing the voiceover for? Uh, it was like an eSports game commercial, I think. Uh, oh. So it was, it was like a, it was like maybe 2018, I think. So it was a while ago. <laughs> Okay. Um, and when you say change your voice, did you have to like make your voice super deep or like sound like, like a kid? Like, like uh, how does that no, go? No, for me, they just wanted me to talk how I was talking, but I was like a little more energetic, you know, a little more spunk or whatever, but I wasn't really good at the changing of voices. Uh, so that's yeah. why I really did do cartoons. So I did a lot of commercials and stuff like that. Okay. So do you think I could get into voiceover acting or like how, how would I go about that process? <laughs> I think you got it, man. You just got to get you okay. a demo and get you a voiceover coach. Uh, that's what I did. I went to Burbank like every summer when I played in the NBA and I just went to, went to record my demo, kept practicing. And uh, my coach told me I got better and I recorded the demo and then we sent it out to people. You think like the voiceover actors that do this consistently, they get a bag or they get paid? Yes, for sure. I, I'm for sure they get a bag. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I, I asked the guy, uh, some, you know, some, you know, some job applications and stuff like that. He was like, yeah, he told me the exact figures they were making for movies and stuff like that. So I was like, yeah, this is very profitable. <laughs> oh man. Look, if this podcasting doesn't work out, CJ, I might have to, I might have yeah. to send my resume in for, yeah, for the voiceover stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Well, sick. I appreciate you joining me, man. You're in Las Vegas right now. Just came yeah. back from dropping your kids off at school. I appreciate you making it in time for the podcast. And you've been involved in a, in a couple of different <clears throat> things. There's a couple of things I really want to touch on. I think the first topic of discussion here, you write children's books. Yeah. Um, can you talk about where this idea came from and your process of, of CJ Pens? Yeah, so it was just an idea I had when I was obviously retired, done playing basketball. I would sit on the couch and I say, you know, how can I continue to tell my story? But I, how can I also, you know, inspire the next generation of athletes, you know, entrepreneurs, whatever the case may be? And you know, like just like I said, just tell my story. So I decided to say, hey, kids need to read. Why, what better way to tell a story than through a book? So I uh, contacted one of my old coaches who was an author before because uh, I've previously never been an author. So he told me the ins and outs of it, uh, where to go, who to talk to. So I did that. And that's how this whole book idea came about. What's your style, man? You know, you got the Dr. Seuss's of the world. Like right. what's the next person I think of, honestly, now at this point, me being a grown man is CJ Watson writing children's books. Like yeah. what's your message when you write these books? What is the focus on? Uh, I just want to be inspirational. Like I said, I just want to tell my story uh, growing up in the inner city. Uh, not having all the resources that uh, that maybe other kids have. And I just wanted to be that light for those kids that grow up in the same area that maybe that I came from, but 
don't have the resources and just tell them that like, anything is possible. You know, you can achieve anything you want to achieve. Dreams are real. Um, uh, I had all these dreams coming up and uh, you guys can do the same thing. You don't have to be an athlete. You can be a doctor, a lawyer, you know, nowadays an entrepreneur. So I think that's just the biggest message that I want to send to kids and to the next generation. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm very fascinated on the distribution of this. Like once you finish a children's book, what's that process look like to get it into Barnes and Noble or yeah. uh, online or e-commerce place? Like yeah. how does that work? Uh, it's a hard process. Uh, so I had help doing it. It's lady named Tamika Newhouse constructed all that kind of stuff for me behind the scenes type stuff. Uh, but then we published it on Amazon. So now we're still trying to shop it out to different publishers to maybe get a bigger publisher like uh, Penguin or, or Random House or something like that to pick up the book, you know, and, and kind of put it in, in more stores and to and get it across the country, maybe even across the world in different languages. So that's my goal. That's my hope. Or maybe one day even turn it into a cartoon series because there's not many black cartoon series out there that are preaching, you know, positive motivational messages. I see the vision here, right? <laughs> Author, turn that into cartoon voiceover act for your own cartoon hey man you're, that, you got, you're running one you got it hey <laughs> that's some like Lionel messi i own the team and the and, the, and play the game type stuff you know right, what i yeah. mean right yeah 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 so that's the that's the plan like that's the goal who knows when it's going to happen but you know we're still just pushing in every day you know and trying to trying to figure it out um before one of your books is published i imagine one of your final editors like mm. the stamp of approval it's an early Monday evening and you're around the couch with your kids. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like show them the book. Yeah, yeah for if sure, they, yeah. If they fall asleep early in the book, it's actually maybe good, that's a good sign. Good oh, it's not no, a good, no, okay. It's not a good okay. sign, okay. Yeah, that was, that was my <laughs> test dummy, my kids. I said if my kids didn't like the book, if they didn't want to continue reading it like the next night, uh, then I'm not going to publish it. So like I said, and they liked it and they, uh, they read it. My oldest was kind of too young, too old for it, but my middle and my uh, youngest one, they liked it. They, they wanted to read more. And like, like I said, I have three or four copies around the house and every now and then they'll go back, you know, and pick a new copy maybe once every few months. So that keeps me happy that they're, you know, still reading daddy's book. <laughs> so they are the test. They are the test yeah. stamp of approval you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause those, they, they don't read it. You know, other kids will not read it in the, or fall in love with the story or even the theme or the message of it. So I think, uh, like I said, if they can like it and, and love it and want to read it, you know, the next night or even the next week, I'm satisfied with that. Dude, that's a hack. That's like you're getting audience <laughs> approval before you even go to market. Like, yeah, yeah, I try. Yeah, I try to use my kids, you know, the best way I can, but also teach them, the, you know, the good things of life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome, man. And salute to you for uh, driving that home and, and sticking to the books. And cjpens.com, right, It's where you can yeah. find – yeah. Um, your books. That's super awesome, man. Another thing I'd like to cover is you've been in the angel investing game. Obviously, you need to have the capital to mm. uh, have good returns as an angel investor. But can you talk about some of your influences, maybe while you were playing or after you're done playing, that yeah. showed you the the ropes on on where to allocate your angel checks? Yeah. So first, how I got involved was uh, 2013. I think I was playing for the Pacers at the time, and I got a a brand ambassador deal to market a, a specific uh, company and they gave me equity in the company without giving me money. So I was like, uh, back then you, you want to take your cash instead of equity. So I just said, you know, they don't really have any cash to give. So I'll just take the equity. And they, I saw the company wasn't, you know, going to where I thought, or they said it would go. So I just asked for my equity back and they paid me in cash. And, uh, that was kind of my first taste of the VC of the angel world. So after that, I just started doing internships, uh, and, uh, meeting different people, reading different books. I met Rashawn Williams. He was one of the first guys, 
that I uh, talked with, and he's basically a mentor now, a business partner. I've done a lot of syndicate deals with him, and uh, he's been just helping me along the way, uh, teaching me things that I do know and that I don't know, and like I said, just making me make sure that I make the right decisions and allocating checks and not just telling me where to put my money, but also you know engaging me and giving me education behind it. Yeah. Do you remember the, the first time you got pitched by something? Uh, no, I actually don't. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I do I get pitched all the time. But I think my first investment I know was Zenwater, which is actually behind me. But that's my first actual investment. So hopefully that one is, is, a, is a good one. And uh, like I said, I just want to invest in companies that change the world and you know, make people you know live better and, and be better. Well, I see. I clearly, I see your value add as an investor. You can do the free, free promo behind right, the yeah. behind the screen. The founding yeah. team should be very pleased. Very yeah, if pleased. If you don't believe in the company, you shouldn't invest it. So I promote all the companies that I invest. You know, and like I said, I just want to make them, uh, make them big. And uh, like I said, hopefully they can change the world and make the world a better place. Do you mind <clears> sharing <throat> some other companies that you're in that you can publicly share and chat about why getting uh, those areas? I invested in uh, Instacart, uh, ShipRocket. Oh. Uh, ShipRocket is a big one, uh, like over in India. So done a couple couple investments in India. Noble, um, uh, just invested in the pickleball team, uh, Texas Ranchers. So go Texas Ranchers. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully that you know pickleball craze you know continues. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Turo, everybody. Uh, so probably like thirty four <laughs> companies since uh, two thousand twenty. So that was my first one, two thousand twenty. So like I said, just trying to pick some good companies and, and ones, like I said, that will change the world and, and make the world a better place. <clears throat> Dude, you had me at Instacart, man. I, how early did you get allocation to that? You know, they're filing for their IPO, as, as yeah, you're I'm, probably I'm, aware. I'm super, super excited. I just got the email <laughs> yesterday and saw it yesterday. So like I said, shout out to Rashawn Williams for that because he's the one that uh, put us on on that. Uh, he invests with mostly athletes and entertainers and He's trying to make these guys more wealthier and make sure they spend the money in the right ways and make sure they're CEOs of their finances. Man, are you familiar with the Instacart story, how they got into to YC and got their first sort of big funding? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a crazy story. And a great crazy one, story, like right? They didn't like apply on time. Uh, they're desperately trying to get in. And at the time, they sent Gary Tan a six-pack of beer through Instacart. And yeah. they're like, oh, shoot, I guess we got to give these guys an interview. Right. Yeah. Lo and look behold, the, look, at, look at the company now. <laughs> lo and behold, I think I don't know when they went through the Y Combinator startup accelerator batch. I want to say it was like somewhere around 2012, but like a decade later. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible, man. Incredible. Yeah. What year did you? What year did you get into them? I think it was 21. I think. I believe. I think so. Nice. Yeah. Nice so man. More, That's... more more late stage companies. Uh, nothing. Not a lot of early stage companies. But mostly late stage companies. <laughs> yeah, in investing, it's always fun to like talk about the early stage part of it. But yeah, if yeah. you have the juice in the network to get in the late stage where they've like yeah, semi proven, they have traction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's sure. A, less, that's a, less less of a risk. I feel like, especially for you know for athletes like me or people who make their money in a short period of time and don't really have that after. So I think it's a it's a good chance to go and better chance to go late stage than to you know start up early and the way you know the seven and ten year period and hopefully that company continues to scale and grow. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, that's awesome. I, it seems like you have some little magic as an angel investor. So if, if any entrepreneurs listen to this, man, like if CJ Watson's on your cap table, like there's some positive signals there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're in Vegas too, which which it doesn't matter anymore. But right. just the fact you're outside of California <laughs> and you're like still making the same sort of dope investments was kudos to you, man. Kudos to yeah. you. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, so. 
the really big topic of conversation, like, first of all, we've covered CJ, the author, mm-hmm. a little bit of voiceover acting, angel investing, but I have been getting bothered about this topic, which is how do I get into the vending machine business? Yeah. Owning vending machines has seemed to be a very interesting passive income outlet that people want to get into, but don't necessarily know where to start and right. how that works. Mm-hmm. Do you mind chatting about how you got into the vending machine game? Like, let's break this down. Yeah, so uh, I was just retired at the time, maybe two or three years after I was retired. I just wanted to find another way to get some more passive income. They say like your six or seven streams of, of income. And uh, I think I just wanted to have another one. So I just, uh, me and my wife were looking at the time, uh, different companies, different businesses we can maybe franchise or get into. And uh, we came across a vending machine. It was kind of a low startup cost, not super expensive as if, like, if you're going to buy a restaurant or a franchise or something like that. So we just took the chance, took the risk on it. We uh, went to a training in Utah. Um, we liked it. We bought 10 vending machines. So uh, we have four place right now. It's a good passive income business, uh, but it's definitely, you know, like I said, any anything you take a risk on is uh, kind of sketchy at first and you don't really know the what ifs. You have all these thoughts or whatever. So, but I, I definitely love it so far. So in my vending machines, I try to put all healthy snacks because I, I don't eat meat or anything like that. So I try to put uh, oh, wow. healthier, healthier snacks in there. I don't put Doritos or Cheetos or anything like that. So damn it! I just, I, try, <laughs> damn. I, just, I just try to give people a healthier option instead of you know, so we can live longer and eat healthier. So it's a great business and uh, definitely fun for me. I like it. Whoa, whoa, whoa! There's a lot. There's a lot there. There is a lot there. <laughs> First of all, so you went to Utah yeah. to buy the why Utah? Yeah. What what is vending so Utah, machine? You... They did the the wholesale training there. They taught us how to. How to fill the vending machines, how to do all the computer work, all the analysis. Who is they? It's called Healthy U Vending. HealthyUVending.com, okay. I believe. So they have like a little office up there. So uh, we went there for two days and did the training and uh, ordered the vending machines. And they shipped them right to our house. Like I said, me and my wife were like, oh, what if we give them this money and the vending machines don't come? But they came. And like, so <laughs> <laughs> we had all these like, you know, affirmations and these, these thoughts or whatever. But Everything turned out fine, like I said, and they, they still help us to this day for, for life if we need anything with the vending machine. So I call them here and there if I have an issue with the vending machine or any problems or parts or anything like that. So Healthy You Vending is a vending machine company that I guess, you know, it's almost like franchising. like like Kind of, sort of, the- yeah, but it's your own business. So you can, yeah. you can name it whatever you want. Like we named ours a different company name. We have four right now and uh, just trying to place the other six. So do they get a percentage of... Healthy vending? Do they get a percentage of the profits you make off the vending machine? Like, what's no, in it for them? All, what's in it for them that, training you and giving you just to show us all the all the everything that goes in with the vending machine? How to, like I said, how to fill it, how to place the orders. Uh, if you want to do the marketing yourself, or they can do the marketing for you, just pay them a fee. But they don't get any fee off your sales. Uh, once you buy the machines, the machines are yours. Everything else is is yours to keep. Nothing they do for you. They don't get anything. No compensation for anything. They just make money off the sale of the bidding machine. Got so it. Kind so of like not... a wholesale, kind of like middleman type of thing. Okay, and so boom, like you got you order these ginormous like are they, like vending machines are big, right? Like yeah, how do they ship tall. it to your? They ship, how it, they ship uh, it. They ship it in a big box, um, and like I said, they all they all came, uh, all ten of them, and uh, we just put them in a storage. <laughs> Damn. Okay. How much did it cost for you to buy ten vending machines? Uh, ten was like uh, I think eighty thousand or something like that. Okay, seven, eight thousand per. Yeah, eight thousand. Yeah, yeah, per, yeah. Ours are cool because they have 
they have Google, they have Apple Pay, they have uh, you know cash or coins, whatever. But every morning, if something sells, we get a we get an email saying what sold, what didn't sell. So we don't really have to go to the machine and check it. It's all kind of like ad- analytical data, all this kind of stuff. It's pretty cool. Like I said, it's really top of the line vending machine, and they're brand new. You can wrap them however you want to wrap them. It's it's pretty cool. That is so sick. All right, so. I'm so curious about the margins. Like you spent 8K on a vending machine. Yeah. Okay. Then the next step, let's stock this bad boy. Yeah. So you alluded to it. You're a healthy guy. You wanted to put some of these healthy snacks in. I might not be coming to your vending machine, to be honest, but no, like I know probably, a lot of people. You probably would. No, you probably would. Because <laughs> uh, after a while, we, we kind of did our data. Uh, we put like, you know, tuna, all that kind of stuff in there. Um, People wanted candy, so I said, "Hey, you know what? I'll give you candy." So I just put candy in oh. there. So I, I kind of, oh, candy for sure. I kind of relate to whatever the the space, the location wants. So like they, mm. they'll give us requests of what they want to see in there. As long as I can vend it, I'll put it in there. And uh, like I said, the margins are like if I buy something from Sam's Club for a dollar, I'll usually sell it for two fifty or three dollars. So I'll get uh, I'll, I'll mark it up. The explanation I always give people is: Would you rather pay two dollars for it here in the vending machine, or would you rather drive to Seven Eleven? pay a dollar for it but then you're also paying for gas on your way there and way back so either or you're going to spend more going to the store and you can just pay for the vending machine i'm not taxing you on it i'm paying the tax so in the end really you're winning <laughs> so your supply is coming from sam's club yeah sam's club or costco is where we get our uh, goods from so so anyone in general right i go to the grocery store yeah. or, or someplace i buy all the things i want to st- and then stock it and yeah. then make sure I sell it for more than I bought it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then how do you get permission from these places to put your big old vending machine in? The good thing about it, this company that we went through, they, they do all the resourcing for us, or you can do it on your own. Uh, so they'll contact the company and tell them, hey, are you guys looking for a vending machine? We have a, a supplier who wants to come in and uh, put a vending machine in there. So then we go to the location, we look at the location, see where they want to put the vending machine, see if they have enough employees or customers to really satisfy our profit margins and stuff like that. And if it's a good fit, we put the bidding machine in there. Um, we send them a contract, they sign it, we send it back, and then we go place the bidding machine in there. Damn. Does the location get, that location get any cut of the, of so the vending normally, machine? Normally, sometimes locations ask for like a 15, 20% cut, but usually you kind of just say, hey, I'm trying to help you guys, you know, with bidding machine options for your employees or for your customers. Um, there's only one location that we pay a, a fee to, and that's to the government city hall. So, but other than that, we don't pay a fee to anyone. Damn, that's crazy. And your vending machines are in Las Vegas right now? Yeah, just what, Las Vegas. Where, where are they like specifically? They're in uh, animal hospitals and, and one in the government city hall. So like I said, uh, we're trying to expand more, but I don't know if I really want to because then it's more of a, a full-time business for me. I don't really have any employees right now. So I don't know if I want to get an employee or pay someone, you know, $25 a, a week to fill one <laughs> vending machine. So it's kind of like pointless. <laughs> So how did you choose the animal hospital? That's a fun uh, that's choice. Where, yeah, I mean, animal hospitals are pretty lucrative, actually. They have, they're 24-7. Uh, they yeah. set seven days a week. We fill those vending machines like once or twice a week. So um, like I said, and they have like over 100 employees. So like I said, it's always constant people buying stuff, drinks, snacks. How did you come up with this? Like, first of all, like, it makes total sense. Genius. Where did you stumble across that animal hospital would be this lucrative spot for your passive income stream <laughs> like, uh, i don't know like, like i said it's the, how <laughs> i don't know it's the company that we worked with they just find these locations for us and uh, they send them to us and we have the we have the right of refusal saying yes or no to these locations and we've been blessed to say like these locations all have at least over 75 employees and customers 
you know, that's a lot of, lot of foot traffic coming in and out 24, seven, seven days a week. So, um, like I said, it's been a, been a great business so far. I got to give, they got, they getting some love this episode. My goodness. Yeah. I got to tell them, you know, I need some, I need some kickback <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, can anyone get trained at Healthy Vending U, or is it yeah, like anyone a... anyone can get trained? Just like I said, just buy the machine there, or if someone has bought the machine previously, uh, if you buy one from them, you can go and like say you bought the machine from someone, and uh, you can go and ask to do the training. Like I said, they'll teach you how to do it. How do you deal with maintenance? Are these machines pretty sturdy, or do they yeah, break down pretty... a lot? No, we've had ours for going since 2019. I've had maybe one or two issues, uh, like a customer pushed the button in that you get the coins back. Like, you know, if you get your coin gets stuck or something, someone pushed the whole button inside the machine, which is kind of excessive. But uh, I just had my, doing a little just, too much. Yeah, yeah, just being too aggressive. <laughs> I had my handyman just come and fix it. It took him five minutes. Like I said, those are kind of like the only things that really, really happened to it. Uh, I haven't had any issues since, you know, knock on wood. But uh, if you do, like I said, you just call that company and they'll tell you, what part to buy, what you need to buy, and you just got to kind of fix it on your own or have someone else come fix it for you. What's the craziest thing you've seen in a vending machine that maybe one of your peers has put in there and you're like, bro, why, why is that should not be in a vending machine? So it's crazy now that I own the vending machine business or company, um, I always, I'll see what people price their stuff at and I'll see what they put in their vending machines. But I mean, it's not crazy what I've seen in there, but the Kylie Jenner stuff, like the makeup and earphones, like you see in the airport, Apple has all these headphones and stuff like that, which is kind of cool, like I said, because this business is, uh, you can pretty much make anything into a vending machine business as long as it vends and, and comes out. I think it's a, it's a great idea. Any ridiculous price points that you're like, bro, why are you pricing this bottle of water at $10, right? Or, no, or seriously, seems... I, was at, I was at a gym yesterday. I saw <laughs> a bottle of water priced for $5. Oh, <laughs> I, I, sell, I sell mine for What do you $2. price your waters at? Let me know. $2. $2. Okay, that's <laughs> that's it, good. Yeah, I get it for $0.35. Cents. I can't charge you $5. I mean, some places, like if you get a vending machine at a hotel or something like that, yeah, you can charge $5. But nowadays, all these hotels have their own like mini marts in them. So it kind of is killing the vending machine business for the hotel part. But... Anywhere else, I think it's a it's a good business, but I can't charge I can't charge five dollars. I can't I just can't do it. <laughs> if I went to this animal hospital and and went to the vending machine, would it have um? Do you have a a logo or a name on it, or it just looks like any other vending machine out there? Uh, so ours is kind of wrapped like it has like an apple on the side, like a it's pretty cool wrapped, pretty pretty colorful. Um, but uh, yeah, it does have our name on it. Um, it has a uh, just our you know our business license ID number and stuff like that, but nothing nothing too crazy. Uh, for anyone who's interested in getting into the vending machine space and maybe they almost or just have the capital to, to invest in one vending machine, man, CJ, do you have like a core piece of advice, you know, like step one and of what you can share in terms of how to make this uh, a lucrative opportunity for them? Uh, I think for me, if I were to do it all over again, I wouldn't definitely buy 10 machines. I would probably buy three. And then also okay. I would just figure out give my locations first. I think that's the biggest thing is getting your locations first. Location, so you know, location, location. Yeah, so you can know where you get where you're putting your your vending machines whenever you get them. Um, I think that's the biggest part. But other than that, like I said, it's pretty it's a pretty simple business, man. It's pretty easy. Um, and then you just got to stay on top of it. You got to treat it like any other business and uh, and just be professional. Be you're gonna have your things that get stuck here and there. You're gonna have to refund people. Um, so like I said, just having good customer service is the biggest thing for having people to come back. If people don't come back, you don't have a, you don't have a business. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, man, CJ, I really appreciate you coming on the pod, man. No, appreciate um, you, shopping. man. Thank you. Yeah, this has been a great episode with 10-year NBA veteran CJ Watson, former voiceover actor, angel investor, author, and vending machine connoisseur. CJ, One, thank you so much two, again, man. Three, four, I appreciate you, man. Thank you.